Saturday, Sunday morning, Salt Lake City, Provo, Orem, and Colville. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, a mostly weekly meandering, musing, and chit-chat about the general arts, culture, and social issues and happenings around the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. I am your host, Christian Anderson, uh, art aficionado, a little bit of foodie, I would say. I'm a foodie. Uh, with me today is my co-pilot, the inimitable Christy Marcy, music maven, and woman with an opinion or two. How are you today, Christy? I'm great. How are you? I am just fine. You know, regular listeners, we've got an interesting thing going on. Uh, Millennial Alex is running behind, so just... uh, so is it... Is it uh, Oh, uh, Lloyd. It's oh. very on brand for the millennial to be and, late, though. And Lloyd literally just... He doesn't want any part he of this show. He doesn't part. want his name attached to this train wreck. Although, to be fair, when you've got someone stepping in for somebody, asking them to do extra work and putting them on the spot probably isn't terribly kind. Yeah. So. He did start as quick. I didn't. I wasn't ready. I didn't have my pen in my hand that I hold and don't write anything the whole show or anything. So, you know what I realized about this show? Because even though we're recording on Wednesday, we air on Sunday. Happy pre-Thanksgiving. That's a thing? Pre-Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, this show will air the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and then it will be Thanksgiving between the next show. So, it is our our pre-Thanksgiving show. Thanksgiving's late this year, so... It's a late pre-Thanksgiving yeah, as well. The latest pre-Thanksgiving we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a particular Thanksgiving tradition that you are looking forward to? I don't like Thanksgiving, mostly because I prefer the ham-based holidays. Mm. I don't think turkey is very interesting. I don't really love the food very much. I will um, probably take my kids to a movie uh, and probably drink my Thanksgiving dinner. Hmm. Yeah, you, you know, uh, it's funny that you should say it's that. The, it's the honest and goodness truth. No, and and uh, our regular listeners would think that I was using the drinking part as the hook, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to grab a different segue out of what there you said go. and said, you know, perhaps watch a movie, because with us today is a multi-time award-winning guest. I think, Patrick, you might be five or six by now. You've been on the show more than most. I've been here a few times. Uh Patrick Hubley, who I get to introduce not only as my friend, but in his new role. He is no longer the artistic director of the Utah Film Center. He is now the executive director. I am now officially an arts administrator. So now you you direct in an executive fashion. And Christy, you'll notice from last time he was here, he was just sort of dressed in more of a lumberjack look. Now he's got giant epaulets, a captain's hat Uh with a big feather. Well, That's you've true. seen me on those commercials, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm Captain Obvious by night. Ah. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Well, hey, you know, to be an arts director, you know, no one goes to be an arts uh, an arts administrator for the money. So we all have side hustles. <laughs> you know, I, I do DoorDash, Word. so uh, you know, we all do our thing. <laughs> Anyway, so Patrick, um, you, sir, are the executive director of the Utah Film Center and our regular listeners. If memory serves correctly, I'm trying to think of the first time you were on the show. And I I know you were on after the fire, but I I might have been either a... I feel like it was a Damn These Heels or a Tumbleweeds before. It, It may have been. I think I was like one of the first few guests on the show when mm-hmm. you first started it to be honest i think it goes well i had no street cred and so i had to lean on my friends <laughs> you know and now you know with all of this street cred next week post malone but uh, <laughs> nice but he's, you're getting all the guests yeah well uh and speaking of guests we have a special guest flying in uh from wherever from murray 
Millennial Alex is now in the booth. Hey, Millennial Alex, how you doing? Well, a little out of breath after sprinting up here, but not bad. So, uh, so parking is tough. We all had a tough time parking. So, is it Trans Siberian Orchestra? Is that what is going on tonight? Yeah, Trans Siberian Orchestra is kind of they're doing their sound check and they have a show. I think tonight. Yeah. Mm. They rolled deep. I think there was about nine to twelve uh, semi trucks out there, at least a half dozen buses. I mean, this is not a insignificant show tonight. But this is a lot. I yeah. think it would be easy to blame the Siberians for the traffic jam and parking, but I think we should really look into the Trans Ukrainian Orchestra because I think it's the Ukrainian traffic meddling that we really need to figure out and get to the bottom to this whole oh. Siberian Russian thing. Hoax. It's all Ukrainian. It's Ukraine. Nothing? I, Come on. Is there a Biden I, I, around I, here somewhere <laughs> taking a chat? Come on. That that was that was topical humor. Yeah. I was trying to come up with some kind of witty uh, reply, but I really didn't have anything because it's also. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't find a joke to make about it. To be honest. Yeah. That's that. It, it, well, I mean. We let the we let the proceedings speak for themselves. I guess would be a way to say. Uh, so, Mr. Hubley, uh, tell us a little bit about for our non-regular listeners about the Film Center. Uh, who are you, and what is it that you do, and et cetera, et cetera. Sure, be happy to. And I just want to say thanks to uh, you, Christian and and Christy, for having me on the show again today. So, um, you know, the Utah Film Center were. Uh, I guess eighteen years old uh, this year. So we. So you can vote. I can vote. We can vote if entities are... Anyways. Corporations are people, sir. That's what I've heard. Um, We uh, are a nonprofit film exhibition and education organization, so we host free screenings every week on Tuesdays at the City Library. We have an education program that tours around uh, Utah, reaching about 30,000 students uh, through in-classroom presentations and training sessions for teachers on how to use film and media arts. We have a, a filmmaker and artist support um, program, which is called the Artist Foundry, that it provides space for filmmakers, affordable space for filmmakers to, and uh, resources for them to pursue their projects. So we're, and we also host a couple of film festivals, the annual Tumbleweeds uh, Film Festival for Kids, which is essentially a Sundance Film Festival type of event, but for uh, eight-year-olds. And then we also host the... Um, uh, damn these heels which is the local uh lgbtq film festival so sundance for eight-year-olds if there's one thing that i yeah, i mean having just been to miami and thinking about art basel thinking about oh, yeah. sundance uh so who are the who are the brand anchors for an eight-year-old sundance i mean if it's like moe and bmw and audi and gray goose i'm curious you know what is the the like is it hannah anderson what do we do we have Mott's applesauce like what no, are the things for eight-year-olds? The, there is no brand anchor for, oh, for this particular program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does get so, with Sundance. It gets uh, for well, Zion's Bank's a big supporter of ours. Mm-hmm. We get a we get a lot of support from individual donors, University of Utah Healthcare, um, private individual donors. Like I said, can provide us with support, but we don't have a big um, corporate sponsor other than I guess I would say Zion's Bank. Who are the car- what are the cars that little kids drive in that are electric power? Then um, power wheels. Power wheels. See, you yeah. should totally get power it. Power wheels. Yeah. If anybody's got connections at Lego, they would be a great oh. uh, sponsor of ours, embracing creativity and imagination through blocks as well as cinema. 
um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we're, uh, if anyone, if anyone listening is interested in sponsoring us, yep. feel free to reach out. I, I, and I, you know, I will definitely let Mariah know that you, you, uh, you hit Zion's bank and you hit your sponsors. You, you know, all Thanks. of the development directors love it when their ED goes on and, and, and hits their sponsorship. I'm learning this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first things first, um, you said it's every week at the library, yeah. so let's hit on a couple things. Uh, sure. So Peter Bromberg was on a couple weeks ago talking about the amazing things that the library does, so this dovetails in nicely. Cool. And so the library, great jewel of the city. How about parking? People want to come. To, so first things first, what night was it again? Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. Uh, so... Uh, someone wants to come down. How hard is parking? I mean, is, it's downtown. Isn't parking a nightmare? Well, there's a parking lot in the library, um, so obviously that's available. There's I've never had a problem finding a space. 550 that, slots. In that, in, in that parking lot. Um, and unf- yes, there is a fee to park. However, the movie is free, so... Mm-hmm. You know, it all it all balances out in the end, and then there is street parking as well. And, and there's very accessible public, public transport transit. to the library. You, It'll drop you off right there. You read my mind, Christy. That's and kids where I was love going, trains. Going next, yeah. So obviously, there's a yeah. track station right there. Plus, there's green bikes all over downtown. Um, other forms of transportation, which I'm not going to talk about, but <laughs> they know. they who shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, scooters. Scooters. <laughs> All right. So Tuesday nights, uh, parking isn't terribly bad. You know, we've got uh, we've got mass transit. Um, and then you said the big one of the big things to do is free. It's free of charge, right? And that's yeah. that's whether you're one person or a family of. Of, Absolutely. of 12. Any, I mean, 300 seats, we'd like to fill them all. Every seat's free, first come, first serve. So, you know, we show a range of films. Um, like last last night, we showed a movie called Changing the Game, which was about transgendered high school athletes um, and the challenges that they're uh, facing in competing uh, in the sports that they want to compete in with as, a, as according to their gender identity. So it's a, a, it was a really fascinating topic um, for us to show and explore. Is that um, the one I'm trying to remember where there was a wrestler maybe from Ohio? Yeah, or, yeah. Mac Beggs. Okay. Yeah, so um, his story is particularly fascinating. Um, you know, Mac is a young young wrestler who is, was born a biological uh, female but is uh, trans, transitioned, is now uh, identifies as male. And, um, you know, the state, of, I think it's Texas is it's where Texas. he's from, the state of Texas doesn't recognize um, that and has, well, forced him in high school to wrestle against uh, young other high school-aged uh, women. And, um, you know, he pretty much dominated that competition. He didn't want to wrestle against girls. He wanted to compete against uh, young men. And he struggled with that for a, a, a few years until he got to college where he was able to compete with his uh, in his gender. That's and interesting. I have a high school wrestler in Utah, and he wrestles girls all the time. It is not separated by gender. Yeah. So. Yeah, it raises some interesting questions, this film, you know, about gender... Uh, gender division within sports especially at a high school level i think it's one of the things um as a canadian um there aren't really athletic scholarships in college in canada and it's real it was really interesting to see how intense parents were about you know the competition and the fairness because of how much oh there's a the, financial the financial and mm. life life success in college or future academia or education is based on 
success at high school level sports. So mm-hmm. there's this whole level of stress that isn't related to sports at all, but is related to people's uh, future and mm-hmm. their lives. About that is related to how well they do in high school level competitions. Now I'm trying to remember, was that film part of Damn These Heels? It was. It was our opening night film. Yeah, because I seem to remember meeting him after the film. Yeah, he's a great young man. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, so you tackle things, uh, you know, like the LGBT community, mm-hmm. trans community, and high school sports. Uh, what else? You, what else you tackle? You name it. We'll probably show a film about it. Uh, <laughs> next week we're showing a, a film called Warrior Women, which is about uh, Lakota activists um, who are fighting for indigenous women's rights, our indigenous and women's rights. Um, next month we're showing Errol Morris's latest film called American Dharma, which is uh, a film about Steve Bannon. Um, which is that we're presenting the only oh. Utah screening of that film. That's um, next week. No, I'm next just month. Write that down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one's on the on December eleventh, uh, and that's actually going to be at the Rose Wagner. But again, it's free. But you know, this has been a very controversial film. Obviously, Steve Bannon's a controversial figure in our modern Have politics. Have you seen it? I have not, uh, but it's it premiered over a year ago at film festivals, and it and it's been con- people reacted pretty strongly to it. So there's uh, a lot of um, controversy and mixed feelings about whether. Errol Morris should have made this movie or not. I just wondered how many shirts Bannon was wearing. Oh, in I don't it. Know. You know, he always does that like three polo yeah, shirts yeah. deal. So I don't know. well, that'll be a. Surprise I think it's a subliminal you. messaging. <laughs> I think it's some sort of dog whistle to his people. Yeah. I don't know. It might be. I have no idea. So is this? Uh, I mean, is it controversial because you're giving airtime, or you're you're even by yeah. by producing something and showing it, you're therefore giving it validity? Is that where the issue that, is? That, that is the issue that people were bringing up. Mm. That they. You know, weren't appreciating the fact that uh, Mr. Morris was giving uh, Mr. Bannon a platform to talk about himself. But really, you know, Errol Morris's style is to explore um, and to be respectfully challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he I don't know, he's made a couple of other movies, one about um, Robert McNamara called The Fog of War mm-hmm. and one about Donald Rumsfeld, unknown unknowns or so i forget exactly the title but exploring the mindset of these major figures who have had an impact on our our politics and our world in various capacities who are polarizing figures mm-hmm. as well and so you know i think that because of the climate of our political climate and the division that we're seeing that this is a particularly um uh uh, touchy, not, uh, you know. It's there's a there's it's a different. We're living in a different environment than okay. when he made those films. So I think some people think that he wasn't being hard enough. Hmm. Is the message that, that I've been reading. So this, I mean, this is an interesting uh, transition. I have been accused when I ran the Utah Museum of Con- of Contemporary Art. I once got a comment card that said, uh, "What was your least favorite thing about you, Moke?" And it said, "Your liberal agenda." And I was like, "How did they know my birthday was October and I was a Libra?" <laughs> but I'm going to assume that they just misspelled liberal agenda. And and you know, we actually that we have even received a comment or two on this radio show about how we drift into politics. And I don't think we are particularly a political show, but we talk about arts, culture, and social issues that inherently sort of 
dovetails into some of those conversations. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I struggled with being the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art, just as you are the Utah Film Center, is we are nonprofit entities in a state that I mean, tends a bit more towards the conservative side and to the red to the red side. How and some of the things that we talked about, I think one might argue are a little bit more on the blue end of the spectrum. How do you how do you either respond to that or how do you say think about you know hitting things that are uh, something that's receptive to to non I don't know contemporary art ish fancy film society people I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I we don't have a political agenda. It's not about us to. It's not our place to um, to critique someone's beliefs or someone's someone's political affiliations. But what we're doing is trying to present interesting stories that are um, illuminate. You know, not only the, our po- our political world, but you know, the world around us, and to give people an insight and kind of the, into the. I don't, uh, in, 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 into what goes on. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of the films we may show are issue-oriented films, but, you know, I don't think an issue is about a political perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, people turn issues into politics, but the issue itself to me is not political. So, you know, when we look at immigration, we look at the environment, we show films, you know, about all like subject matters like that. To me, those aren't political. Those are about ideas and about situations. So, you know, when I, I, I mean, I we're, we respect everybody mm-hmm. and that's part of who we are as an organization. Everybody has their own view on the world and it's our job to, to help maybe bridge the gap between people's understanding and communication. Yeah, and I think that um, you know that's a good you know for artistic director curator are probably similar similar terms, mm-hmm. and I think you know when we are in arts and culture entities as leaders and we're pre- we're, we're presenting we're presenting information and not the conclusions right, yeah, and exactly. so it's an information stream, uh, art, film. Um, you know, music, all of these sort of cultural experiences take very complex data sets, emotions, feelings, and they put it in a way that can be consumed in, in something that's under that's an understandable bite. Yeah, and I think that that's 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 a really good way to put it, Christian. Is that these films that we're showing are typically just touching and exploring certain aspects of. Uh, of these these issues or concerns or these political situations and it isn't necessarily doing you know intended to give you the you know the the complete picture but a part of it to then give you some additional background on it to give you some foundation if you if that's what you want and at the and I also want to say that as a curator it's not my goal to that I don't think that everybody's going to come out of every single film we show loving it loving the movie that's not to me what 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 we do we show interesting content and you know I hope that it encourages some reaction or some thought whether the, whether good or bad but gives people something to react to yeah, I think if you're making both sides angry, right, if people are upset <laughs> that you're showing a Steve Bannon documentary or people are upset about your liberal agenda, then you're probably right where you need to be yeah. as a general rule. Yeah, I think especially with when you're talking about art and, mm-hmm. you know, pushing boundaries. So, so, so Patrick, is the, does the Utah Film Center show only documentaries? 
We are known for showing mostly documentaries, um, but we have started uh, this past year showing more what what I call fiction films. Um, you know what you would think of as a dramatic or a narrative film, but these film the, the the dramatic or the fiction films that we're showing are also um, a little off the beaten path. So we're we want to show films that are. Um, pushing storytelling to new new areas or telling stories that we haven't seen on screen so we just last month we showed a movie called chained for life which is uh, a film uh that was shot on super 16 millimeter for anyone out there who's a film film nerd which nobody makes movies on anymore because they're all video but it's a film that really explores our societal perceptions of beauty and how we um how a lot of us just look at things from a surface perspective versus digging digging into and learning more about people and uh, not being quite so judgmental about, you know, what we see on the outside and taking individuals for who they are on the inside. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture. You're joining us for a Sunday morning meandering through arts, culture, and social issues. With us this week is Patrick Hubley, who is the executive director of the Utah Film Center. Uh, we're talking specifically about what the Film Center does, but you know, I've got a couple of just you know broader film issue things that we'll get to, but I kind of want to check in with Millennial Alex, uh, <laughs> give him a chance to redeem himself after being late. <laughs> Typical Millennial. JK. Um, so, so Alex, how does how does film play a role in in y- your life? Are you uh, do you do a lot of film? Is it one of your is it one of your sort of free choice time things? Yeah, I I, I spend a decent amount of time watching things, um, and it's you know it's kind of all over the place where I you know it's both recreationally just kind of something to turn my brain off and just kind of mm-hmm. relax to, but I also enjoy some of the you know the the more creative pieces where it it does require more of my attention um you know to really understand what's going on things like that mm-hmm. I, like i really find those fascinating as well mm-hmm. so so uh pro or con subtitles uh i personally don't love subtitles but you know it, they have their place for certain like you know i'm not the person that watches tv with the captions on mm-hmm. wait is that a thing <laughs> um, that's because yeah. your ears are still good yeah, oh, no, 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 no. just you wait until or, you go to 700 rock and roll shows like me right. and you'll be or so thankful or you're not watching scottish dramas yeah I, right I, I think that's literally just an okay boomer thing did you just I, did you just okay boomer i did I, I but i'm like not even did. a boomer i okay millennial yes i had a british boyfriend once and i wished i had subtitles for him after yeah. a couple of drinks yeah oh <laughs> How about document? How about document? Is that what you mean? Like when you say more complex pieces, are you talking like artsy pieces? Or are you talking like you know my left foot, or are we talking like a, a like documentary type of thing? Both. Oh. Uh, I think that you know some of kind of more the you know the dramatized retellings of things, or you know kind of an artistic exploration. Like recently, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess technically just Joker, not the Joker. Uh, but I felt like that was an artistic piece that that was a good commentary on a society that neglects mental health as an issue and so I, w- I was very fascinated by that on the documentary side of things I've been really enjoying on the new Disney Plus platform the world according to Jeff Goldblum I absolutely <laughs> love that and it's a documentary series it's a yeah, lot of fun I have, I, I've heard of it I haven't had a chance to watch it yet Cool. It's funny. Well, we're big fans of Jeff Goldblum at the Film Center one of our colleagues is you know a, a Jurassic Park uh, I don't know 
fanboy hmm. is that a way to say it so sure. his avatar is like on most of the things he has is jeff goldblum so it's kind of funny um i had a, oh so uh uh who who are our hollywood uh directors and producers uh that went after the marvel films in the last month and said that they're not act they're not that this isn't cinema and scorsese was it scorsese right? yeah and uh francis ford coppola mm-hmm. had some words to say as well Mm-hmm. Pat, what are your thoughts on this, Patrick? And I mean, no pressure, executive director of the Film Society, who all of these people are your probably yeah. your longtime drinking buddies. But oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you and Marty, 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 and I. I get to whenever I go to New York, we, Mar- Marty and we, me, we, we hang out. Yeah, uh, you know, it's an interesting question uh, to to delve into. I think that you know, I not to. I, I think that there's just different styles of storytelling, and that. You know, what I think Scorsese was getting to in his, you know, what he said, but also reading his op-ed is just that, you know, that there is a bit of a divergence between, you know, what I would say a large superhero blockbuster franchise movie and, you know, much more, um, you know, like films that are, you know, like films like Joker, like you mentioned earlier, that are... You know, they may be, have similar themes that are underlying in the storytelling, but the way they're presented are much, uh, much different. You know, the superhero genre, this like science fiction, you know, is 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 made in a way is is more of a fa- like in a fantasy world versus films like the joker that are or they're more based in reality in my opinion and i think in some ways they're easier to relate to because they do tell stories about our world and that the on some level you know what scorsese called moving picture entertainment like the um marvel movies which i still think are films you know and i think it's that it, they're 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 there's they're great they're fun to watch but are they um giving us an a perspective on our the world around us or the, or our lives I, I i don't know like that for me that i'm in the scorsese camp like those are the kinds of movies that i gravitate towards see that's why you and marty are drinking buddies right Although a good circle of friends, like the Algonquin Roundtable, uh, uh, speaking of New York, mm-hmm. you know, a, a divergence of opinions of, just of people. Just as long as I can be the Dorothy Parker. Yeah. That's the only rule. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you make that known every yeah. week. Uh-huh. So where, where are you on, on the artistic merits? Of- well, um, so, well, CGI is a form of art, isn't it? Like, I mean, I think you can't discount the, the artwork that, whether computer-aided or not, that goes into those films. I have I so I have a constant struggle in my life agreeing what to watch with my boyfriend because mm-hmm. he only wants to watch things with guns and explosions mm-hmm. and I'm much more documentary or drama driven mm-hmm. um and so what he says to me is I think enough at work I just want to come home and turn my brain off and not think anymore but what I hear is that I don't think as much <laughs> at work, Ooh. which is probably a relationship problem I don't need to hash out on the air. But um, but the point is... That's never like, stopped you before. Right. He's a very smart dude who really loves Liam Neeson movies. And I think, you know, he sh- he sh- I feel like he should like documentaries too, but he doesn't. And so I think... There's not a one-size-fits-all for cinema. I, I, I agree completely. I think that, you know, 
the, the term of, of art is subjective too, right? Art is in some ways in the eye of the beholder. And so, you know, people will argue that, you know, graffiti street, what we call street art at one time was some people don't think that that is a legitimate art form, you know, like it's, so I think that, you know, it's, there's a lot to be said, but you know, you're just looking, you're looking for different things coming out of an entertainment I don't know your boyfriend, so I'm, you know, but he's looking for more of an escapism to right. t- turn it off. Whereas, you know, you may be looking to to learn something, which is also a form of escapism. You know, you wanted to delve into an issue or learn something new or be moved in a different way. Yeah. You know, be engaged on a different level. And I, I don't think that there's anything, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I like a good Liam Neeson movie as much as I like, you know, the you know the the whatever the deca the Chris, films from Christoph Kozlowski or right. you know or the the can't easy the, for you to say or like the Criterion Classics yeah. films you know like so I think that it all depends on on you know what you're looking for when it comes to that kind of entertainment and I'm again I'm not disparaging uh, you know fil- like there's absolutely an artistry to CGI like there's artistry to the performances to the direction to the storytelling in those big films but you know I think that they they come at they come at the they just tell it in a different style in a different way um couple, uh, so wasn't liam neeson in uh love actually uh yeah he was okay actually. and that, that's no, a great movie there's no guns or explosions <laughs> it's in a that. little problematic now no it hasn't aged entirely I well know, but I know. yeah i shouldn't say that yeah no i but. i will still watch it every year just for the hugh grant dancing yeah. scene if nothing else um, i have there's three seconds in that movie that is my absolute favorite is when he goes to the door in carols and yes. those three little girls dance. Uh-huh. that makes me just so i get so happy <laughs> I just think there's so much joy in that scene. That so is, is, I watch it just for that. There you go. So is part of this discussion and just like the evolution of any art form, because let's, let's not forget that cinema as compared to oil painting or sculpture doesn't have quite the same longevity of history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there something to be said where any sort of creative form, I think music, you, one could speak to this with music too, is sort of held together, but then as the medium gets pushed, whether it's due to technology or just the way that people approach a medium, there's a natural fracturing that happens, um, and that we we have to be sort of okay with that. I mean, one of the things I would argue, not just with the superhero things, I mean, I think we've sort of split out documentaries versus drama, and that they, they all have their own awards categories. Maybe we have shorts. Um, but at this point, even with the length, like, I mean... Uh, Avengers was three hours. I mean, at some point, you know. And there were two parts. And there were two. Yeah, well, that's that's seven hours. But, I mean, at some point, have we held something together that naturally needs to fracture for for just a different reason? And that's healthy, and that's okay. Like, to say all art, like, we don't judge the art world. You know, there's painting, and then there's watercolor, and landscapes versus portraits, and and all. Like, there's a fracturing of all of this, and and in the art world, we seem to be more okay with that than we are in the the world of cinema. I don't know. Just a, just a, a, a passing thought in yeah do you remember when the Oscars tried to do like the best blockbuster category and basically the members revolted yeah 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 so what did they expanded it to include 10 movies or something, something like that yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you, you, you may be onto something, Christian, is that there is a divergence. But I would say that cinema, more so than any other art form, has a commercial quality to it that doesn't exist uh, in, you know, like fine arts or visual arts, you know, where there's a mass sort of industry built around, 
you know, movies and movie franchises. And at the end of the day, hmm. the people in Hall, like people who are making Hollywood movies are making those movies for money. Hmm. And that's, this is my belief. Like, you know, the studios in particular, I'm not going to speak about the directors or anything else. They're storytellers and yeah. they've been, a lot of them have been hired to tell these stories. And that's how, that's how directors get attached to the Avengers or, you know, to other projects. So you look at Taika Waititi, for example, mm -hmm. you know, who directed uh, Thor, Thor uh, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, right? But he's also, you know, directed a new movie that's out at the Film Society called Jojo Rabbit. So I, went and, I went and saw yeah. that I yeah, last it. week. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but he's an example of a filmmaker that, you know, is making big commercial blockbusters, you know, like a Thor movie, but is also using and telling smaller stories that are more personal to him. So, you know, I, I think that there's an interesting, you know, deeper dialogue or conversation to have about where these films fit in the canon of art. But, you know, I think it's just, it's an, it's, you know, at the, for me, if you, I'm not going to argue or criticize people for their movie choices or their music choices or the, what art they like. That's, that's what you like. That's cool. Just, oh, I just, will. Just for their, just here's, here's for their... what I'm interested in though. I want to know how Alex consumes film. Do you go to the, do you physically go to the theater or do you stream everything or how are you seeing movies? Cause I think that's the break. That's going to be interesting. Huh. So I, I do stream a lot of things, but I really, you know, being a millennial and being experience driven, I really like the experience of going to a theater and experiencing it there, how it was kind of, you know, in, in my mind, that's how the, the, the art was meant to be experienced. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the bigger films, things like Joker, things like the Avengers, Star Wars, you know, just kind of the bigger blockbusters, I will make sure to go to the theater to see it yeah. there, to have the proper experience the first time. And then I'll you know, stream it after that, just, you know, till my eyes bleed or whatever. Do you but, watch movies repeatedly? Do you watch them over and oh, over again? Uh, absolutely. Depending on the movie, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, it's minimum once a year. Hmm. Okay. Extended version? Only extended version. Back. <laughs> Theatrical version doesn't exist. Too. Back to back to back? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah all in one sitting. Excellent. Is that's, that, is that what you're going to be doing yeah, on Thanksgiving? Uh, no, it's actually shortly after New Year's mm. that I do that. January oh, 3rd funny. on Tolkien's How, birthday. How fun. Uh, How fun. uh, uh yeah. Yeah. I I mean that's curious. I mean it's great to hear that, you know, that you're that you're that you're in, interested in experience. I think that that's something that we hear a lot about in our our world around us that experiences are what people are looking for and want and that there is a different experience of not only seeing a film like you were saying the way it's meant to be seen, but also in a room with other people. Like there's an interest, there's a, an, an audience and crowd dynamic that happens when you're watching it in a room full of people and sharing that moment mm -hmm. together, which is also one of the things that Scorsese talked about mm -hmm. in his um, in his op-ed is that, you know, we're losing those communal experiences. We are, our society is, we, he didn't say this, but, you know, it seems like our society is continuously being structured to deliver us more individual um, experiences where we can do things in isolation. So the more we can do things together, like going to see a movie with other people, even if we don't know those people, but being part of a larger community, I think is important. And that's mm. one of the things he was touching on, talking about experiences of seeing movies when he was young with massive crowds and how that, that, that 
encouraged and augmented the experience. I was telling my kids the other day about how it used to be you got on an airplane and everybody watched the same movie. Right. And they were like, what if you didn't like the movie? And I was like, it didn't, that was what you watched or you slept or whatever. But even that is customized now to each person. Exactly. Hmm. Um, you're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture. Uh, we are talking with Patrick Hubley, who is the executive director of the Utah Film Center. Um, I'm trying to I mean, remember. I had a pithy point, and then I was then I did the reset to try to remember what it was I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I actually I know where I was going to go with this, and then we will jump back to the Film Center again because we will always be getting new listeners, more the 7:30 people instead of the seven o'clock people. But to your point of, of um, how to experience a movie, and and I think that this has been a little bit in the local news lately. Um, it seems to me, and this because of the invisible hand of economy. Um, the movie theaters, you know, they're getting their recliners, they're having less seats, but they're perhaps a little more comfortable, a little more food amenities. So some of the experience surrounding the, 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 the theater experience um, has been augmented, but the, it's actually reduced the quantity of people that have fit in the, in the theater. And that seems to be the trend that, that is the, the market is going to. And so, Alex, like, I mean, have you been to the Tower? I have not been to the tower. Okay, um, but if you think back to an old movie theater that's more of an auditorium style, my question would be: Are you going to? And just because you work for the Larry H. Miller Group, let's say you're going to the Larry H. Miller Megaplex versus sort of an old, just standard bucket seat theater type of thing. Does that matter to you in terms of choosing your experience? Not, not particularly. Um, you know, I went to. When, when Avengers Endgame came out, that one was one that I wanted to experience as big as possible. So I went to the IMAX theater yeah. uh, at Jordan Commons where, the, you know, it is kind of more bucket seats and just tons of people on a giant screen. But when I saw Joker, I went and went actually to the to the uh, Larry H. Miller Megaplex luxury theaters at Cottonwood, which is a, a much smaller. Are, they have heated seats there yeah. and concierge it's surface. Really, it's really, really thing. fancy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Larry H. Miller. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's it's a lot smaller and more intimate of a setting there where, you know, it maybe only fits about 20 people in that theater. And Whoa. so, I, you know, I went in just kind of by myself just to check it out. I'd never been to that theater before. And I so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll see what this movie's about and had a great experience there as well. I went to that theater once, Christian, and I was standing in the concession line and this gentleman who worked there came up to me and he was like, can I see your tickets? And I was like, well, I'm being hassled by the usher. And then he was like, oh, you don't need to stand in line. We'll come to you. And so you go sit down and then and then this guy comes, like a waiter comes and he's like, would you like some popcorn? And the answer is always yes. And so, yeah, so they and they have little tables and the whole it's a whole thing. It's crazy in there. Hmm. I feel like I'm always like, I can get my own popcorn. It's like a bellhop at a hotel. I'm like, no, I can carry my own luggage. Yeah. For me, that's like standing in line for concessions is part of the going to the movies. It's part of the hustle. Like, oh, are we going to make it for the previews? Yeah. So it's interesting to think about, to think about that, you know, on a personally, I don't love those big recliner seats. I like going to, you know, I, 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 I like a comfortable seat, but I, you know, stadium seating, like regular stadium seating is probably where, 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 where I would gravitate towards versus, you know, the big recliners because I, I don't know, I, that's going to the movies is sitting in slightly uncomfortable seats with, got to stay awake, stay, you know, watching the film, <laughs> focusing on the screen, but you know, I, I, 
but there's certainly you know that's that's part of the experience that people are looking for as well and that's that's it like that's it's about you know you get to choose where you go and so so and speaking of crowd things like my one th- like I will say that when you go to a movie and there's a hilarious moment or a unexpected moment like the collective gasp and the collective laugh I really appreciate however my one thing that is a bugaboo and I, I have a feeling that Patrick you will disagree with me on this the applauding at the end of a film drives me crazy and I don't know why it doesn't affect me. It doesn't hurt me in any. I'm it's not harmed. Like the same way I feel about the encore, right? Like. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so. Same thing. Just just play the show longer instead. Well, it's of, on your set list. That's uh, how I feel about well, the encore. Yeah. Like, if, come on. The encore is not. It's not an encore anymore. You just need affirmation from me, and I'm yeah. not going to give it to you. I love the I, people who are like, okay, I'm just going to stay up here and play 20 more minutes. Like, yeah. those are my people. Totally. Well, especially if it's on the set list. You know, right. Like, you it's know, always on the uh, set yeah. list. I Nobody. Mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There, there was a time, maybe. Back, right. Back, no, back, I think that's true. Back, back in the olden times, um, like twenty years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, I think I don't. I mean, I don't see a lot of clapping at cinemas when I go. I mean, I see clapping at film festivals when I mm-hmm. see movies there. But I'm not. I I can't you know remember going to a a, a regular you know movie and people clapping at the end of it I feel like it happens all the time Doesn't especially it? on like the first weekend of a movie yeah. the opening like the premiere oh, yeah. Yeah, that. yeah so I don't do that yeah. I think that's what it is I think it's people <laughs> applauding them experiencing something before someone else experienced Yay. it is this back like, to the I really I'm think that's what myself? it is yeah I legitimately yeah. do and a film festival is a little different because oftentimes a producer or there are people who have worked on the film in the audience who are there to actually take the applause you know if the actor director producer if, if even even the gaffer or the best boy is in the audience, then I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right. But otherwise, about, you know, when growing up in Minnesota, a bunch of random people in Duluth, Minnesota, seeing, you know, Forrest Gump and clapping, I'm like, what are we doing? Seems weird, weird to me. Anyway, I got uh, just a. Uh, well, sorry, I was gonna go down old time. Yeah, go down old times. Mm-hmm. M- millennial, yeah. non-millennial. Well, but that's why. That's why no, we have. Sorry, Alex I don't. I don't want to get into this whole millennial boomer conversation. So, but I don't know. Like, it just it's kind of crazy. You're also not. You're also no, not a boomer. No, I'm not. I'm. A, I'm. I mean, I could probably pass for one, but I'm. I'm. I'm squarely in Gen X, which is apparently even worse than being a boomer. They're called Karens now. I, I've heard, yeah. and I, I'm not sure if I. I do think so. Like, if they really understood us at all, they'd call us Heather's. Oh, there's mm-hmm. a film reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they understood anything about us, that's what um, they'd call us. I just, I just want to say for the record that as a Gen Xer, I probably have the same uh, feelings about boomers that millennials do or when I oh, was yeah. at that age. so I still do a little bit. I'm yeah. like, get out of the workforce and let me get a good job. I'm 40 already. <laughs> I beat it. Look how long you had to wait. Totally. Yeah, right? <laughs> Gosh, 30 years. Um, but... Uh, y- Sorry, where, uh, how did I go? Ten- oh, did they ever show the, uh, in Canada, they used to have the national anthem before films. Did they do that here in America as well? Oh, God, please don't not give that, them any ideas. Not, not that I have ever seen. I've never seen and that. If, if any- our national anthem were O Canada, though, maybe. 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 They, it doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, when I was, you know, in my teens and 20s going to the cinema, they used to play the national anthem before each movie. Huh. Hmm. Nope, I cannot recall that ever happening. Hmm. Wait, Alex, do you have a mustache? Oh, yeah, I was going to ask him, are you doing No Shave November? Uh, it's not No Shave November. It's just kind of with it getting colder, like I want, I'm growing a beard to keep my face warm. And so, yeah, it's... You know it doesn't really get that cold here, right? 
Oh, I know. I, I, and Don't. especially like you know, he's a Canadian. I lived in Canada for a few years, oh. and so I, I know that the cold here isn't like the cold up there. But I still just like the warmth on my face when it gets a little bit chilly outside. I can relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. W- what part of Canada did you live in? This is new information. Uh, Edmonton. Oh, you're the Yegg. Yep. Wow. That's where, that's where I was. Good time. I'm, I miss it like hear, every day. I hear there's a great mall. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Did you go watch the Eskimos? I did not. I never made it to an Eskimos game, but I, uh, I'm more of an Oilers fan, though. Are you? Than, than the Esks. Mm. So. It's a good time to watch the Oil right now. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long. Yeah. It has been so yeah. long since they've been good. Those uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor. Are we allowed to talk sports yeah. on this? Yeah, it is a, it is a, it is a sports uh, radio station. And we have done our mandatory uh, FCC allotted time of not talking about sports as per our commercial license. So, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just saying that uh, there's a couple of young players playing for the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who are lighting it up in the NHL right now, and yeah. they're uh, they're they're probably I mean they're just a fun uh, you know very uh, how do I say skilled they're they're very skilled players and very fun to watch. I I went to Edmond. Do you remember, I mean I was here when I went to that conference, so that was probably only two years ago. Mm. It was I, I remember I you was at, you, working you with you. Mocha? Yeah, uh, I gave a talk at a conference, and I had such a great time in Edmonton. The people were nice. The food was great. I actually bought an, a cookbook called Edmonton Cooks, so I can cook you <laughs> Edmontonian specialties. Perfect. Uh, like poutine. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't know if that's an Edmontonian special. That's you know, that's Canada it, in general. Exactly. So, uh, oh, to, were you there on a mission? I was. Yeah. Okay, that makes it. It took it took me a second. I'm like, because I was going to start asking about like. Uh, they, also, they had a lot of lambrusco. Why I don't know, but. Mm. Uh, hmm. That's cold in Edmonton. Yes, even, even even for Minnesota. Tough gig knocking wow. on doors in that climate. In, I would imagine. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a couple of hours north of Minnesota. Well, it? well, it's, and then farther west. Uh, Winnipeg is north of us. Yeah. Well, Winnipeg's cold, too. Winnipeg's cold. Yeah, I mean, you got to go through Medicine Hat, you know, Regina. What other? Uh, Moose Jaw. I'm just Moose I'm Jaw. just naming cities that I know. <laughs> Saskatoon. Saskatoon, yeah. Uh, we, could na- we could go on. It, I mean, naming Canadian cities, it's actually one of our fun things. What is your What is your NHL team, sir? Uh, Montreal Canadiens. Mm. Since I was about three, hmm. was there a was there a seminal moment that made you sort of drift to that? I don't know. I mean, the Habs in the seventies were amazing to watch. Okay. So, you know, growing up, being I was born in Montreal, French Canadian family, um, played started playing hockey when I was four. You know, it's always been Montreal Canadians. I can't I can't remember ever really thinking of maybe the Buffalo Sabres because I grew up near Buffalo would be in the second team. But and then, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Nationals used to be the Expos, right? They sure right? did. They sure so did. were you rooting for them in I the series? I absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled, I pulled out my Expos ball cap. That was a heck of a series. It sure was. Yeah. I, I, I had the... The fortune of being able to go see the Expos a bunch of times play back in back when they were playing in Montreal, it was like five dollar tickets, you know, 
couple thousand people at the games. You'll see people every yeah. once in a while with Expos hats on still. That was a yeah. great logo, too. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't keep that instead of the Walgreens W that the stupid <laughs> Nationals have. Well, you, I don't know if you saw earlier this year, the Nationals actually played, I don't know if it was a couple games or just one game, wearing Expos units. Oh, they as did their, throwbacks? throwbacks? Oh, I yeah, love that. Yeah. Rather than the Senators? Uh, you know, uh, Christy and team, I'm realizing that we are we've been meandering as we're supposed to. Uh, did you have any music highlights that you, know you wanted, there's or really, are we cutting the segment for listen, this? Listen, there's it's Thanksgiving week. There's not a whole lot. Uh, Booker T of Booker T, T and, and the, the MGs is still alive. Is still alive and is playing Sunday tonight. The night this show airs at the Commonwealth Room, and it's partially a concert and partially a live reading of his autobiography. But I think it would be be kind of cool to see. So that's a hearty recommend. And then uh, there's a bunch of things I can't in good faith recommend as much, like Gentry at the Eccles for two nights next Friday and Saturday, uh, David Archuleta at the Capitol next Saturday, and then there is a reunion show for a local band that hasn't played for a while, Jim Bone and Purdy Mouth, which is, they were kind of on the forefront of the bluegrass covers of contemporary songs hmm. um, as a local band and they're doing a 20 year reunion show at the state room some people hmm. may be into that I'll be there I'm going to check it out because I wasn't there the first time they used to play Burt's and like fun venues like that in Salt Lake when Salt Lake was a fun town before Bar X bought the Cotton Bottom but that's a different branch <laughs> for me whoa <laughs> whoa uh, is there any absolutely? I mean, the Beach Boys aren't coming. There's nothing to absolutely hate no, on. No, Mike just, Love this time. Nothing to hate on. I mean, some... Gentry, short for Gentleman's Trio, uh, three dapper men who I once did a photo shoot with when I was at the magazine. Um, and it is like imagine the kind of music I like, and then imagine the opposite, and that's what Gentry is. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't be there. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. But, like, they're very dapper dressers, and they're very handsome young men. So, And we did a photo shoot with them in Lakai about this time of year, and then our graphic designer had to go through and put leaves on all of the trees in Photoshop because it was for a spring issue because when you work for a magazine, you live in the future. Um, Same when you work at a film film organization. Yeah. Yeah, or an art museum. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to AM 1280, 97.5 FM, The Zone. This is SLC Culture. We've been talking film with uh, the executive director of the Utah Film Center, Patrick Hubley. Uh, so, Patrick, let's do one last wrap-up, because I realize we talked heavy on the Film Center in the beginning, and then we sort of meandered. We've got some new listeners. Let's Give us the uh, give us the short, quick version of the Film Center, what you do, and uh, the website, what, how people can find out some more information. Yeah, we're a nonprofit film and media arts organization. We show free movies once a week at the library on Tuesday as well as um, uh, we show movies at the uh, the Rose Wagner once a month. We host film festivals. We have education programs as well as artist support programs. Um, you can find us at utahfilmcenter.org. And, you know, if I could just mention one more thing, mm-hmm. Christian, is that, you know, for most people, I don't know if they're on the radar, but the Sundance Film Festival is coming up in January. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a partnership with... Sundance, where we can show, uh, where we program a, a section primarily for kids and mm-hmm. young audiences. So, um, if anyone has, uh, if anyone's going up and participating in Sundance and wants to bring their family or you know their their kids, nieces, nephews, that's a section for them to to check out. I'm currently working on that 
curating that program right now and we got some great things in the works awesome so this program airs on uh sunday uh this upcoming tuesday which is thanksgiving week maybe some people are taking the time off of work uh what's the film again on tuesday night that they can check out at the library that is free this one is warrior women coming up next uh next tuesday which is about uh two indigenous women who are fighting for indigenous and women's rights. Um, and uh, filmcenter.org? Film, Utahfilmcenter.org. Utah and that is kept up to date by your crack staff so they can see what's going on, not Indeed. only at the library, but at the Rose, uh, also all of the uh, film festivals that you do, collaborations. Indeed. Um, one of the, I mean, I have to say personally, and I know that this was uh, true when Christy was at the museum with me too, uh, in the almost six years that I've been in, in uh, Utah, you were one of the first people that I met, and I, it was always a joy to collaborate with you on Likewise. the topics that the museum was tackling and knowing that uh, you had your finger on the pulse of film for some of those conversations. Uh, I see Austin and Adrian hovering around, and of course, we are part of a two-block cultural power hour. After us, interestingly, is the movie zone, uh, and they speak a little bit more about some of the mainstream cinema, cinema, and so normally I ask people what their favorite movie is in relation to something, but that would be a little bit too meta. So I would like to ask Austin and or Adrian, I know Austin is the mouthpiece because now he's talent, uh, you know, to weigh in a little bit on uh, the the Scorsese uh, question of um, superhero films. Are they art or are they entertainment? All right. Uh, yeah, the, the, we've talked about the Scorsese comments before here on the Movie Zone. Uh, and, and my big take on it, you know how he said that Marvel is not cinema or film, blah, 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 blah. My, my, my take is how big can your head be? Get over yourself. They're fine. Yes. Everyone makes movies. They are technically cinema because they are on the cinema screen. And your movies are cinema. In fact, you released one on Netflix. So it's all kind of the same, right? Right. And everyone, the movie theaters, their business is to make money. And if just because they're, we talk about all the time, we wish there were more original ideas, Austin. And not all the time is that actualized. But everyone's making movies. Just let everybody do what they want. And it's supply and demand. If you make a Marvel and there's more demand... You're going to have more theaters dedicated to right. that demand. Exactly. So, uh, whatever. Scorsese's good. He just needed to maybe just respect other people's yeah, work, I exactly. guess. You can say, not really my thing, but hey, they're making a lot of money, so they must be doing something right. If someone told him that his movie sucked, he'd probably take offense, right. honestly. Speaking of which, uh, 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 here on the Movie Zone, we don't, we're not critics. We're just a couple guys that like movies and talking about movies. So it's not really film breakdown here no. each and every week. But we do have a Scorsese movie that's coming out at Megaplex Theaters. Yes, we do. And we also have a bunch of movies this week. Something for everybody. So talk make about, sure you listen to the show. Talk about Frozen 2, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Knives Out, 21 Bridges, and of course, The Irishman, and your favorite Disney songs of all time coming up on the Movie Zone. No Cicero, Christian. No. No. Well, I was not expecting edutainment as an answer, but Austin, <laughs> as usual, you have you have surprised me, and that was a classic defense, and the fact that you quoted Cicero just brought tears to my eyes. All right, Patrick, so we've got one last wrap-up segment, so, and uh, you've been on the show before, and so I've mm-hmm. asked you this question, and, I, and you've heard my rant that I think that Utah, as a state, we do a good job of encouraging people to fly to Salt Lake and then leave as swiftly as possible to go to national parks or to go skiing. Mm-hmm. And I say 
the greater Salt Lake metro area is its own cultural destination and it's worth at least a day, if not a couple days, to take in some of the food, cultural, and sites. And so let's say that you have a friend who is you know, coming in from somewhere in uh, Quebec and you want to curate or concierge a day of uh, a day of enjoying the the cultural milieu that uh, that Salt Lake City has to offer so play concierge for a day and tell me what you'd recommend them to do so like uh, 24 hours in Salt Lake exactly huh? so I would probably encourage them to 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 come downtown in the in the morning have a coffee at one of the numerous wonderful cafes that we have access to nostalgia the daily Three Pines, um, or maybe Eva's Bakery, or on, on Main Street, and then I would just uh, encourage them to walk around in our downtown area, um, and then try to catch uh, a, a, a performance at you know at the Rose Wagner, uh, only because I think that those are the the groups that are programming in that space are really reflective of our art of our performing arts community. I'm a big fan of Plan B, mm-hmm. so if they were in town for a Plan B run, um, you know, seeing shows from local playwrights, and I think they do a great job. I'd have them stop in at Umoka to get a sense of what the uh, of you know one of our sort of primary uh, and I think only contemporary art museums in, mm-hmm. in town um, and then I'd say take a take a little ride up to the University of Utah campus and check out um, you know the UMFA and then also make a stop at the Natural History Museum mm-hmm. so it's a busy day but thankfully tracks would yeah. you know take everybody take you up to most of those locations so okay um, fancy, let's say someone is here for a graduation or an anniversary. Fancy dinner. You're going out for a, 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 a special night out on the town. Wow. I don't know. I haven't done a special night on the town in a long time. <laughs> it's been so, a yeah, long you know, time I, since I, Patrick's I, I, had a special I've, night. I've, I've, heard that, I've heard that from other people in our community that it's been a long time since Patrick's done a special <laughs> night. <in that. laughs> wow. Well, who are you talking to? Um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of great places that do a good job. Um, you know, I, I'm, I like HSL. I like I like the, some of the some of the dishes there. Table X over mm-hmm. in um, I guess the Mill Creek area yeah. is. I like that. I like that. Um, Solid juice. choice. All right. Uh, la- maybe la- copper. Maybe the copper onion. Sure. Last question. Best place to watch a hockey game. Oh, wow. Other than my living room. Um, geez. But I. I haven't watched a, a a game outside of my living room or somebody else's living room in a long. Okay, I used to really okay, like. Cheer, I re, yeah, right. I I you know I'm old. Uh, I don't go out as a, as much as I used to, but I really you know I used to really enjoy uh, watching uh, sports sports ball games at Cheers to You was okay. my uh, location of choice. Um, there's their their TV setup at the bar was always kind of my my preferred location. Fine answers, sir. Well, Patrick, thank you again for being a five six timer to the show and appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again. I know uh, I don't know if it'll be for Sundance, but certainly for Tumbleweeds and Damn These cool. Heels as as we do. And uh, thanks for everything that you do for the community, Christy Marcy. Thank you 
so much uh, for being here today. Appreciate you. You're welcome. You. Uh, Millennial Alex, thanks for the time that you gave us. Partially time. Appreciate it. Uh, you've been you're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. You've been listening to SLC Culture. Stay tuned for the movie Zone. Austin and Adrian coming up next. We will talk to you next week and have a happy Thanksgiving.